We've been uh, on for a minute. Yeah. yeah. But I'll slay oh, have we? if we're ready. Damn yeah. it. Again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to have to erase that herpes part. I think I might do this whole episode in Christopher Walken's voice. So, oh, wow. if anybody has got an issue with the host, it's a good show. Uh, <laughs> it just goes. To show and uh, now she catches more fish than I do, so I'm grown to regret that. That does sail. It's like, man, I really hope I'm not overselling this. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Probably, I was very, very fat. I, was, I mean, I was at least five pounds heavier um, then than I was now. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome! Another edition, episode five hundred. Guys, can you believe five hundred episodes? Man, right. Holy shit! We have four hundred and eighty. How many in the hopper? Oh, they're, yeah. they're coming, guys! They're coming. <laughs> so <laughs> rapid fire. Uh, editing's just backed up. <laughs> just backed up. Uh, but no, uh, welcome. Uh, another edition of the Crave. So we are uh, joined here by Brett and Laura Gesh, local legends. Glad to have you guys, local welcome. legends. Thank you. Legends in their own mind, anyway. So this for Facebook Especially. heroes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> social media giants. Yeah, um, but no, uh, glad to have you guys. So we've we've known you guys for probably the better part of what four or five years, six years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've known this jack wagon for a long time. Yeah, this jack wagon being yep. John, John Aloysius. <laughs> The dictator. The dictator. The dictator. dictator. East yeah. yeah. Now, one thing that I was talking to Sid, I was talking to your wife. First of all, glad to have the Crave members back together. Nate and I have been on the road. We did two episodes um, on the road in Wisconsin in the Midwest without Johnny, which was tough. It was not the same. Yeah. Much better. A lot less editing, though. Much, <laughs> much less editing. Yeah. But we want to say congratulations to you and your uh, your new baby. Human, Thank you. Net yes, your sir. human baby. <laughs> human, yeah. <laughs> yes. It is, it is possible. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you yeah. did, buddy. Yeah, she's uh, seven weeks. But she's, she's such a nice weeks. gal, too. Sid is. Sid, Sid, Sid is, is, yes. Very, very I definitely, definitely married up on that one. Yeah, sure. Good job. Good job. Another roofie colada. <laughs> 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 but yeah. I, was ta- I was talking to Sid, and she mentioned that um, on your driver's license, you have very specifically stated that you want to, upon death, yeah. Donate your receding hairline to medical research. This is true. Did not know that. This is true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the, the bar's been raised as, as far as you know how young a person can potentially be, <laughs> and for it to start to, to to leave you. So I've gotten uh, you know um, a few a few pictures have showed up in you know some some industry magazines you know archery, and uh, the phone calls started coming in. Doctors were super impressed with just <laughs> the, uni- the uniformity <laughs> yes. of the recession. Yes, I will say I, I yes. seen their childhood home. There was no, there was not a lot of power lines or anything. No. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brother, everybody else, a lot of hair. Yep, a lot of hair. A lot of hair. <laughs> yep, so, yep. But glad to so, have you back, Johnny. Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. Glad to be back. Yeah, for sure. You want to intro our guest here? Um, yes, absolutely. So, um, Brett, yourself, um. Did a little digging on you. Okay. Did not realize you were a competitive eating champion. 
And I think everybody's wondering how many bananas you did eat in 10 minutes. <laughs> well, you know. Seamless. It was, yeah. It, and did you get water like they do with the hot dogs? No, no, I did not because I think it was the natural juices. <laughs> they, uh, it, no additional lubrication. I think the first, like, 36 uh, were pretty, were, were okay. Yeah. Uh, after that, it was, to be honest, it was, uh, um, I didn't need potpourri. It had a nice banana-y tinge to it, so it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the odd thing is they weren't even peeled. So. <laughs> <laughs> did they? You were the guy. Ah, that's right. That's yeah. right. On ESPN, uh, what was the Ocho? The Ocho. Yeah, uh, they eight, stopped you. Yeah, the Ocho. Yeah, yeah, they were like, hey, you know, you know, you <laughs> can take these peels off. <laughs> right? Well, uh, it's just time. It really is time. I mean, you know, to, the time to peel them, and I just wasn't very good at it. Right. Yeah. So. Right, right, yeah. right. And Laura, excited to hear about your award for um, most views on YouTube for Bar- Barbara Streisand covers. Oh, yeah. Nice. All the time. I'm a rock star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Karaoke queen. Uh, yeah, in those is. duets, who was doing Neil Diamond's voice? That's Brett. Was that Brett? That's Brett. I tried to keep it Brett on the Diamond? down low, um, but... Cracklin' Rosie, son <laughs> yes. of a bitch. <laughs> Reverend Blue Jane's it's, Brett. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I was hoping that wouldn't come out. Was, I, I figured that, you know, yeah. my, my stand as a porn star would come out, but I didn't really think that my singing career would come out, too. Uh, I realized it was a short time you did that. <laughs> 15 minutes of fame. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Glad everybody's Glad here. here. Nate, obviously, uh, the man who's never been accused for being early to anything or even on time. Yeah. See, most of these are fabricated. That one <laughs> is not. <laughs> I do have a problem with punctuality. <laughs> Especially with the elk stand. See? Oh. <sighs> Got to keep it going. <laughs> a lot of mileage on that one. Recurring bit. <laughs> We need a bell to ring every we time do, that we do, comes we do. up, something no. like that. It's awesome. I'm glad everybody's here. So, um, we got this is a, a a a chubby. This is a bloated episode. We got we got a lot to cover. Might end up being two of them. Uh, hey, we're all we all just got we just got done eating some elk burgers. So this is going to be like a six beer episode for yeah. you, Brent. <clears throat> you got your Mercedes parked out there and your driver. I mean, what else do you need? Yeah. So. Rare to go. <laughs> but why, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Because that works out the best. Tell us who you are and, and what you've uh, what you what you have brought to the outdoor industry. How you've elevated it to where it is now. To how, how I've changed the world of outdoor. Yeah. Something or other. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I I guess I just uh, after the Air Force I started guiding, and that was kind of the where it started. And I always I technically I ran my first. Uh, bootleg guide trip when I was 15 years old and uh, got paid 50 bucks thought I was rich it was the best thing in the world <laughs> um, probably cost me 60 to do the trip uh, <laughs> but uh, parents paid for that one so that was good had a drift boat before I had a truck to pull it with and the way it went Love so it. boy and then yeah just got into um, actually didn't start as a no, no bow hunters in my family uh, all rifle hunters no elk hunters um, and uh, I just kind of got into it and never looked back. Are so you an Oregon boy? I am. I am. Born and I, raised? I unfortunately have to say this. I will throw out this disclaimer just because it, it just sucks. Um, I did find out, um, and I, not a lot of people, no, no one should know this, but I do know where I was conceived. I was conceived <laughs> at Hendricks Park on the Mackenzie River. <laughs> really? I, um, I should not know that. No child should know that. Um, very a very public place. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially in the seventies. Different 60s, times back yeah, then. In the, you know, early seventies. 
So uh, um, <laughs> the new beach yeah. is farther downstream now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there was that, and uh, so I was conceived on the Mackenzie River, and uh, but I was actually born in San Luis Obispo, California. My mom was on vacation visiting my grandpa and went into labor, so I actually have a California um, birth uh, certificate. Yeah. So. I knew it. So yeah, so the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I. Yeah. So um, can can I leave now? I'm no. Yeah, now. you're excused. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Great show, guys. <laughs> what an asshole! He never told us. <laughs> uh, great, Laura. What about you? I married into the outdoor world. I was not uh, privy to all of the great adventures that it brings. So I. Uh, as everybody liked to say, I married a rich fishing guide. <laughs> yeah, right. So I thought I might as well at least use it to the best of my abilities and got into the uh, loaded. <laughs> got into the elk hunting and everything else. Uh, so so explain that a little more, because before we got on here um, and started recording, go into a little more depth on to your extent of not being a hunter. So there again, I am a transplant. So I am from California, mm-hmm. born. Uh, I know Ooh. you're surrounded. And <laughs> tell them where. That would be Long Beach, Long Beach, California. All right, brah. So <laughs> yes, hence the reason I'm dark and like the sun, not rain. Uh, when I met him, I was actually going to the U of O, getting my journalism degree. So somewhat hippie liberal Uh, I was a vegetarian about three months prior to meeting him I hadn't been a vegetarian my whole life but going to the U of O that's what it did it's just what it was it's who you ran with and I wasn't against hunting I just didn't know anything about it yeah so when I met him that was his passion so we decided to give it a whirl I did cry I've cried a lot (laughs) <laughs> I've cried a lot not just it, because I hunt with my husband is it when you said I do exactly <laughs> that was like two minutes before she, oh God, <laughs> she, she wasn't even pregnant on. she wasn't even pregnant Ex- yeah. yes so yeah so, so that's kind of my story somebody please ask her what her first meal was I, I cooked uh, for oh please what was your first meal that, what was uh, my first meal this is so nostalgic yeah uh, we <laughs> he made me <laughs> breakfast and he's like oh yeah no. oh no dinner, it was dinner first we were gonna have burgers for dinner and he's like yeah we're just gonna have burgers and i'm like okay so i tried it and i told him i didn't want to try any game meat yeah because at that point it was killing an animal which you know we all eat cow but uh i was like oh this is really good he's like yeah that's moose (laughs) i'm like awesome okay that wasn't funny but it was good (laughs) so the next morning yes i spent the night Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sly dog. Sly dog. We uh, woke up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to make you steak. It's going to have filet mignon. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not a big red meat eater. I was just getting back into chicken. Right. So big yeah. steps. How about twice in 10 hours? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then he's like, yeah. He's like, was that good? I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good. It's got a little funky taste, but it was good. He's like, yeah, that was elk backstrap. I'm like, awesome. So at that point, I made him a deal. I said, I will try anything. But you have to tell me what it is. Yeah. <laughs> before we, you eat it? Before I eat oh, okay. it. okay. <laughs> I have to know. There is no more. No. And from that day on, it was it was done. It was yeah, He converted. He converted a vegetarian. Yeah. Mm, and now awesome. you're an archer and you uh, you hunt, you fish. I do. I, uh, I understand the whole. I understand both sides of it, which kind of yeah. puts me in a different yeah. era spectrum mm-hmm. of people. For sure. Is because I get, I get both ends of it. Yeah. Um, so when I talk to people, it's. 
it's a lot different. Yeah. Because I have both perspectives. Well, I think there's be a lot of people out there sure. too that that have been in your position that I don't think would necessarily admit to their their prior past. Correct. Prior past. But their past. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, especially being as ingrained in the industry as you right. are now. Most people won't admit that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. That no. you do. It was very I was very proud of where I came from and where I'm at because I can <coughs> understand a lot of people which a lot of people can't reach that if they've never been a vegetarian. Sure. They don't understand the process of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to re respect everybody. It's taught me respect to everybody. Yeah. So, hmm. yes. Everybody love everybody. Something like that. I have to live <laughs> with this guy. Are you <laughs> yeah. kidding me? I have the same theory. It was about a drug addiction, though. You know, I mean, I <laughs> yeah. try, but, you know, yes. understand it now. I'll try yeah. it once. <laughs> yeah, I'll try it once. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, great. Glad you guys are here and, and – uh, there is a laundry list of stuff that we want to ask you and, and talk to you about. So um, we'll just dive right in. Um, want to talk a little bit about being a guide and how I, I think most people growing up that are in the outdoors, my, myself included, um, I remember going to Colorado when I was I was 16. The first, I lived and grew up in Wisconsin. That was the first time I went elk hunting. And the guide out there, he... He was a guide, but he just kind of took us out and dropped us off. And and uh, anyway, cool guy. He was he was he reached out to me a couple of years later and said, "Hey, if you're ever interested in coming out here, I'll teach you how to be a guide." You know, and he was pretty upfront. He's like, "Yeah, the, you know, the money's not great, and the hours suck, and you know, you can't do any. You're basically going to be laid off from you know uh, most of the spring and summer. But you know, it's it's a pretty killer idea. And I and I did. I thought hard about it, and you know, ultimately didn't do it. But I think most people that are involved in hunting and fishing you know and are passionate about it think about maybe becoming a guide so wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit about what it's like and how you got into it and you know ups and downs and would you do I'd, it again and i'd say so how did you how'd you get started being stubborn i mean you said 15 so 15 you somebody, yeah, somebody's it, like hey I don't re really did the whole background really where it really probably all stemmed from was um I remember at the Eugene's Boat and Sportsman Show, they brought the world record king. The year they, they that Wes Anderson caught it, you know, 97.8 pounds, something like that, or 97.7 or whatever it was. And uh, I, it was there. Is that still, does that it still stands. Really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, they've caught bigger fish. fish in the commercial nets and stuff like that, but never hook and line. Um, so anyways... Um, that was always my dream. I, I seen that, and I'm like, man, I got to go to the Kenai. And, uh, and then as I got, and that was, I was in the sixth grade, you know, and, and uh, I was actually with Wayne Lawson, who just passed away. It was me and him and his dad uh, went to it, and I remember seeing that thing, just going, man, I, I got to go. And it never left. I mean, that passion never left. And uh, so, um, like I said, I was, I barely graduated high school. I was an athlete, um, but I was, I fished every day. I mean, I, I took, and I, the way our school worked was if you were gone more than one or two periods a day, you got a phone call saying that you were gone for the for the day. Well, once the steelhead and salmon got in the river that last quarter, I was I was gone every day. I, I'd take what I did is I went through the first the first half of the morning. I'd be gone, and then I'd come back at lunch, and then I'd go back, um, and then go to the afternoon classes, and I'd just switch all the way through. Yeah. Um, I, they almost didn't grow up and graduate because I was technically only there three days the last quarter. It, because <laughs> if you're, like I said, if you're gone more than yeah. a couple of day, uh, periods, you're considered gone. But I think they just wanted me out. Yeah. And so they let me go. <laughs> um, I passed my English class by bringing in Mr. Burke, a steelhead or salmon once a week. 
Um, he told me it didn't matter what happened. <laughs> I got him nice. a, a steelhead or a salmon once a week. I'd pass. <laughs> so uh, that's a good deal. That was, uh, um, yeah, that happened. Um, did it. Um, you just don't see that too much. Anymore. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's kind of like you know the college recruiting thing. You know, you're right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's under the table. It's a hand, hundred dollar handshakes type. Of it thing. was. Um, so I didn't, I didn't accept the suit, um, but I. I uh, yeah. um, so no, it was just a, a drive. I um, and then I, I, I dropped out of college. I went on an athletic scholarship, dropped out, and went guiding. And I went, started pounding nails, and uh, the contractor actually was having me take his people every Wednesday and so I started building up a clientele I, his his subcontractor stuff like that and moved on and and uh and then finally I got tired of that and I just said you know what I'm going to Alaska I sold everything I had except for my truck and my boat and my dog and I drove to Alaska and uh, had you been there before never so you, mm. really on a whim well not on a whim but yeah I it was I was dating a girl at the time that had been there before um and uh so I I grabbed a milepost magazine and uh, I, every everybody that advertised in that magazine, I, I sent them a resume, and uh, and I drove up in April, got there, and uh, uh, I got offered two jobs, three jobs. Um, one was from Trout Fitters. They wanted me to trout guide. They're very highly rep. Uh, I mean, if you were to call, say you wanted to fish the upper Kenai for big trout on the Kenai, that's who I'd send you with to this day. That was 23 mm -hmm. years ago. Um, the other two were some, a couple of the biggest lodges. They wanted to pay me 50 bucks a day to do to work 12 hours a day, and that's not counting cleaning and this and that. Use my own rods, and they're going to pay me 50 bucks a day. Hmm. And uh, I, and then I had uh, Ken from Ken's Tackle and Jeff Webster, another guy, guide at the time, um, still a good friend of mine. But they told me it's like, man, start your own business. And uh, <clears throat> I called my mom, said I needed 2,500 bucks. She loaned me 2,500 bucks, and I paid her back in four days. Um, it was the, back then it was, there were so many people up there at a drift boat and I would just, I'd basically go stay at Fred Myers or go to the campgrounds and just clean my boat and people come up, Hey, how's fishing? Good. Let's go. And I'd yeah. load them up and go. And so uh, hold on, going back 2,500 bucks. I wanted to ask about, cause I think that's one thing that's people, people are interested in knowing certification. Um, you know, any, what's the legalities as far as becoming a guide, especially in Alaska? Uh, the Kenai what, is, what did you need to the, become a guide? The Kenai is very, uh, strict. Mm -hmm. um, it's the whole entire Kenai River is a state park, and there's a federal refuge on it. So you have to have permits to do it. So you have to buy the permit. So a non-resident was fourteen hundred bucks at the time. Mm -hmm. um, then I had to have my insurance, which is basically a thousand bucks, and uh, and then all your other stuff that you got to get, you know, going. So that was basically it. I already had all the gear. I had to buy some new stuff because it's you know it's sure. a different game. But so yeah, mm -hmm. and then it was just uh, uh, one door opened and. Um, I don't know if you have noticed, but I'm, I'm not real shy. Um, so, um, Unfortunately. yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, I just kind of jumped around and, and I got, um, kind of funny. I, um, I got into the, uh, guiding big game hunter stuff. I, I, my best buddy, Mike was, um, went to U of I and then, uh, he went to Montana and he wanted me to go over and, and, uh, he's like, Hey man, you're guiding. He goes, you know, you're single. And it's archery season. You want to come bugle up for me? I was like, sure. I got a pocket full of money. You just got done guiding. Sure, you know. Yeah. And at that point in my life, I've never had any money in my pocket. But yeah. after a summer of guiding and not spending it, so I was like, wow, I'm rich. <clears throat> this is cool. So uh, <laughs> went down and, and uh, bugled uh, elk and just had a blast. He's a traditional hunter. Um, had elk run all over him. Never shot one. Ended up basically 
fine in the bar, got drunk, and was broke again. And uh, so I needed to go back to work. So I ended up <clears throat> grabbing the tool bags, going back to work, and then guidance season away went. And, and uh, so then I just kind of got to know people. And then actually Scott Haugen mm-hmm. from our area um, uh, met him, sat next to him on an airplane. And he goes, man, I'm, I, you know, I quit teaching and I'm writing and doing this stuff. And, uh, you know, why don't I come up and do some stuff with you? I'm like, awesome. So him and his dad come up, had a, I think they landed like 50-some kings in like four days with me on the Kenai, which is just unheard of. Nice. And uh, then I ended up with Steve Gruber, and, and the whole Wolf Creek crowd came up through Scott. And mm. it was just, uh, yeah, just it, it just escalated. It yeah. just kept going and going. And, and very economically driven. Yeah. You know, so when the economics, you know, everybody was spending money, and it was good, and it was great. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Was, was, it, was the culture of being a guide, and, and do you, I mean, is it still that way as far as, and I don't want to paint anybody in a certain light, but um, is it kind of feast or famine with these guys where they, as fast as they get their money, you know, they're blowing through it because, yeah, you know, they're just waiting on next season? Most I mean, of them are young. You know, yeah, most people yeah. that get it, it's kind of like you said earlier, it's, it's that young that get it. Unfortunately, now, like when I started, there wasn't a lot of guides, and so like a big inspiration for me was Scott Whiteley. He was uh, he worked at Warehouser. Um, I met him. He's still a great mentor and friend of mine. Um, but he was he was also a guide, and and uh, and that's kind of where I, I seen it. And so back then, there wasn't social media. There wasn't any. How you marketed yourself was going and meeting people and shaking their hands. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's how you marketed yourself. Now, basically, what you see. Um, and there again, I'm not trying to pigeonhole anybody, but a lot of these young guys basically have got support from parents. Mm-hmm. They married well. Um, there's, you know, you look at there's there's nobody that just goes out and just fights and fights and fights and does everything to go be passionate about it and do it. You just don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it happens. It's not fair to say it doesn't happen anymore. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's just different. You know, you got the what I call the visor wearer crowd now. The young guys that are. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, you know you had the old gruff guys yeah. and now you've got the politically correct yeah. old visors and nice and and uh, you know do this and do that and so it's those it's, are, you probably so there's probably some feuds between those oh they two don't they don't met, they're they're scared of us <laughs> <laughs> yeah well what about between yeah. the old gruffs you know we've all pretty much on some toes back be. in the day did you? back in the day yeah it was I mean it was full on especially on the Kenai it was full on. Uh, um, I've gotten a couple fights on the river with guys yeah. back in the day. Yeah, had verbal, a, physical. Oh, physical. Yeah, yeah. I had. Yeah. A, it's a good um, thing you were on that athletic scholarship. I was. I was. I was a little honored. You me chicken fight right well, now. When you're <laughs> go, <laughs> grab so, a friend. So one thing that, that <laughs> you one thing you don't Literally know about river, you know, <laughs> a lot of people don't know is is I'm I'm tall for a pygmy. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, I'm short for a regular, regular man. Um, and, uh, it's kind of been my whole life thing and, and I've always had big trucks. So obviously I have, I have issues, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, you I have, do. I have, I've I, seen your rigs. Yes. Or... I have, I have issues. Um, so pretty much, like I said, I'm kind of honoring had, had <laughs> some issues growing up. I've worked through most of them. Um, yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> No, sounds like I, it. <laughs> uh, one, I remember one time I, I had a guy. He was actually a lineman for uh, UW, and that uh, was guiding up there. And I had, and just happened to have in my boat. I had mom and dad and two kids. Well, yeah, it was the. Um, they were both varsity wrestlers for the University of Michigan, 
and uh and that was like in michigan's heyday yeah and uh he was there's like a 146 and a 152 and yeah. and i mean yeah. and this guy starts mouthing off and i mean he's you just see the terror in their mother's eye of like oh my god my kids are gonna kill this guy yeah. and uh i ended up like you know let's go it's good guys well he confronted me in the parking lot and i ended up getting a fight with him in the parking lot <laughs> and uh so yeah it was uh after that because he was like i said he was a lineman for you yeah. know he was a big guy yeah. and uh so it was, it was kind of funny. So it just kind of the rumor went around. It was like, man, don't mess with him. He, he doesn't yeah. take any crap, you know. And, and uh, so after that, I really didn't have anybody mess with me at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. You took the stance to find the biggest guy in the room. <clears throat> uh, I'm probably really good. I hit him first um, and really glad he didn't get up. Yeah. And when he didn't get up, there's other people around. So otherwise, yeah. What was, object did uh, you yeah. hit him with? <laughs> Yeah, it was. I wasn't gonna win straight up. <laughs> I mean, I was jumping the line. I mean, that's for sure. At least but, you're honest. Yeah. So, no, there was. It's definitely changed a lot now. Everybody just uh, gets on social media and bashes everybody. So, uh, oh, yeah. it's yeah. it's just it's a different game. It doesn't matter what job you're in. Yeah. At all, it applies for everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not the highlight that everybody thinks seems to think. Yeah. I mean, being you know home with them all the time. Yeah. The amount of stress after he gets off the river, people are thinking, oh, you know, that's all he has. But he still has to rig, you know, so, all of his rods and get all of that ready. And, I mean, there's hours spent outside of guiding that people don't see. Yeah. So they, you know, glamorize it when I see him super tired. He's up until 11 o'clock midnight getting ready for the next day, and then he's up at 3 o'clock in the morning. So people say that he, you know, oh, well, it's the greatest job in the world. I'd beg to differ. I would take it my was, nine to five all day long over being a guide yeah. with it, it was, the hours he runs. It was a little easier when I quit drinking as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, it, it was a uh, no. It was it was great, man. I and I wouldn't change my past and, and the the path that I led. I mean, it led me to where I'm at now, and I I, I I'm super happy. But it's uh, I've seen some great things. But yeah, it's, it's just changed a lot. And you know, like on the Kenai, you you can fish from six to six. So I pick my clients up between five and five thirty, fish till six. And then you got boat cleaning, you got to cure bait, you got to do all, like she said, you know, so you, it just makes for long days. And as I got, um, uh, I mean, I actually found a gal, actually it's kind of cool. Um, we're still really good friends. They're again, Facebook friends cause she lives in Alaska, but she was, uh, at 10 years old, she was my boat cleaner and that was her <laughs> first job. And I gave yeah. her, uh, 20 bucks a day. And then she'd wash my boat. And then when I got actually my new Bowtech boat and all this stuff, I actually saw it. I was like, okay, well, now it's got to look nice on the outside, too. So she got 30 bucks a day. Yeah. And uh, she did a fantastic. I mean, clients would come in and be like, wow, this is nice. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked really hard on it. <laughs> so, um, so, no, it's. Uh, so did you guide both Oregon and. Montana. In Montana and Alaska, yeah, at the same. So, yeah. how did, did those runs coincide? Did they at all? The worst, well, obviously, Montana. You were doing was that the strictly hunting? On yeah. Montana well, I did, I did, I did the beaver hole, beaverhead and big hole too. I actually took a summer um, to where I only went to Alaska for like a month, and then I was I was coming back. But um, the worst year of my life, uh, I would have to say, um, was uh, I was in the woods. Th 300 and like 316 days uh between um oregon alaska and montana and uh i drove to alaska i made the drive to alaska like one way 29 times so i um uh i've seen it I, I, yeah i'll probably good yeah i'm yeah, <laughs> really good uh if you go say hi to the bear on the you know third corner on the left and uh, yeah. i mean yeah it's ridiculous but um i did 
so Alaska was, I'd get up there uh, Memorial Weekend is when I'd start. So I'd get there the week before Memorial Weekend. And then uh, um, I'd come back end of August, and then I'd go straight into archery because uh, archery elk season in Montana opened Labor Day weekend. So I jumped into that, so I'd go archery elk season. Then I'd come back and do a couple weeks fall salmon down on the south coast in Oregon. And I'd run back, do rifle deer hunters and elk hunters. And then, uh, uh, see, then I'd, yeah, then I'd go get into duck and goose hunting in Montana. And then I'd jump right into, I'd leave there, then I'd come back to winter steelhead. And I'd basically. Trying to hit the peak season. Yeah, I mean, just kind of hitting yeah. and going, hitting and going. And I only did that for one year. Um, like I said, over 300 days. And I, I mean, I was, I was angry. I was tired. And yeah. I mean, it just, it yeah. wasn't fun. I mean, but I did it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is before I, I you met Laura. Way before I met Laura. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably in like eighth grade. <laughs> so knowing him, he was, would have still been. <laughs> game, <laughs> okay. Listen, I got his boat to clean. Okay. <laughs> I was his hired but boat But lucky cleaner. for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Just Exo-facto. Be honest. laughs> what is the statutes so. oh my yeah. gosh <laughs> so what's it like uh i, I think as a guy uh, I'm, I'm curious you know to the pressure that you feel um you know and laura probably now you, you've seen this for years you said 13 years you guys uh, have been yeah. together 14. 14 so um just the pressure as a guy to you know, that fear of, I don't know if it's fear, but the thought or idea of failure. I'm going to take these guys out. I mean, you know what's going to happen, right? You're going to go out, you're going to have a bad day. You're not going to catch anything. You're not going to see anything. Um, so what? Uh, how do you prepare for that? I mean, and what do you do to so to, to curb that? On, to, to really be honest about the whole thing, I, I really would appreciate I think, it. I, I really think I really <laughs> you are a liar. would think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in order to be a guide, you have to be there's there's a cockiness because basically you're 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 thinking you're, you're you're telling yourself you're telling everybody around you that I'm good enough I'm better than you I can take you and show you and teach you how to do things. Um, Confident maybe. It it starts out as cocky. Yeah, it's real you don't you don't it. Yeah, yeah. It, there there's an arrogance with it that yeah. that unfortunately is is part of it. I mean you have to have that that drive. Um, just like all the employees I've ever hired in in Alaska. They were all athletes. I, I mean, they were all athletes. I wanted people that knew, that had that competitive edge, and uh, um, so yeah, it's it's uh, there's there's that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's you just kind of you kind of have to start with that, and then, but it's more to the question is you you're dealing with people's vacation. You go on a vacation and, and somebody ruins it for you. You're pissed. I mean, you you work your whole. Some people to go to uh, fish the Kenai work your whole life, or it might be a graduation present, or it might be a retirement present, or something. Mm-hmm. And this is your one shot. Yep. Yeah, it's it's there's stress. And mm-hmm. I mean, but you've got to, you know, you you got to kind of block that out because you can't you can't do your best if you're worried about failing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's always there's always a fear of failure, but it's got to be out there. It doesn't. So, sure. It affects you. Yeah. It, you can tell at night when he's had a bad day fishing. I'm it's, not even a guide, and I get grumpy when I don't. Yeah. Sure. You know, so I mean, it does. Yeah. Well, we've done it at, you know, at, at lesser scales with with friends and stuff that we've taken out, and you know, you, people that come from out of state. And I mean, Nate and I are both kind of transplants, right. and mm-hmm. I've had people come out, and yeah, you want to show them a good time. You want to show them animals, and and 
I think it's I think that's the idea. At least you want to be able to show them a good experience, right? You want to you want them to be able to go back to wherever they came from and say, hey, I had a good time, I had a great experience. Yeah. It was well worth it. In your case, it was well worth the money. Right. Um, so and the wait, like I said, it might be their once-in-a-lifetime trip, right. you know, and that was um, when you're in places like Montana and Alaska, you, you are, those are bucket list ideas, sure, you know. Sure. Um, when I got into Montana, it was fly fishing. You had, you had these business guys that were, um, I didn't deal real well with that crowd because it was, we dealt with a lot of people that were flying in for the weekend that were, it was, it was right after, and this is going to be very, very cliche but it, it's the truth. We got asked this every day. You ever watch the movie? Uh, you know, how did you, how'd you get into fly fishing? You see the movie, The River Runs Through It? Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. And uh, so, <laughs> great movie, by the way. But, um, yeah, shadow casting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of the best. Yeah. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you and Mr. Uh, Miyagi. Yeah. Works. Um, but, no, it was uh, – and the, you had business guys that would fly in for the weekend. And it was – so what it became a cool thing to go back to your Monday morning meeting and say, uh, you know, instead of – I shot a 72 at Pebble Beach. I, I caught an 18-inch brown on the beaverhead, right. you know, or in Montana. And mm -hmm. so it became a thing, and that's what you fished was that mentality. So sure. I didn't get – you know, like most of your salmon fishermen and your steelhead fishermen, they're, they're more blue-collar. I mean, let's face it, they're, they're – you're rougher – crowd usually sure um, mm -hmm. so did you prefer so, those guys i do i like rednecks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no i can't say that i it, it's i really enjoyed anybody that enjoyed it yeah as long as they as long as the it, the hardest thing being a guide for me truly was the hardest thing was people that didn't respect it whether it would be hunting or fishing or something like that if they were just there if i get a kid that comes in and, and we're fly fishing or we're we're back bouncing for kenai kings and he's on his ipad I mean, yeah. I'm living. I'm like, sure. dude, you need to bank. Yeah, I mean, I'd be spanked. I was like, yeah. nah, you yeah. know, get it, get it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, so, yeah, I, actually, Jake, he made a rule, no iPods in his boat because kids put their headphones in and they get bit. They get, Yeah, they'd get bit and they, he wouldn't hear them yelling at him <laughs> yeah. and miss fish, so he'd just get pissed. And no bananas on the boat either none. based on your past uh, yes. competitive. <laughs> no, <laughs> bananas. <laughs> no bananas. No bananas. <laughs> So, so do you, do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> do you have much uh, opportunity as a guide to get a hold of clients before they come up and and try and do anything for them to get them prepared beforehand, or is it mostly people just kind of show up blind and? You're you're better you off to have. It? I mean, basically, you have obviously you have all kinds, but the the guy that's been twice that thinks he knows everything is your biggest nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, the guy that shows up is just happy to be there. That. Um, you have to teach everything too. Those guys are usually legit. Yeah. I mean, those because they they're again they're there and they're if you're kind of like we mentioned earlier, people like to be taught things, and so if you just get them in the boat mm -hmm. and just say here, you know, I mean, kind of well, you've been in my boat, mm -hmm. you you know, and it was okay. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. You mm -hmm. kind of you kind of were able to do because you've done it enough. But yeah. like, but the guy that we brought was you know I spent a lot of time. You know, this is why we're doing this and yeah. and try to make them understand why. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. You you've when was the last time you and I fished? Uh, you have never invited me. <laughs> and, 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 and actually, is, when did you guys go? And out? I've we're, actually we're, asked you. We were to, I've, I've asked to be a part of your man trip over the to the northeast, and I've never been invited. Um, that's not true. Oh, <laughs> I like the tension. Is, it? is yeah, that? Is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> Oh, that's you were bringing clients. You took clients down the river. No. 
Well, I did once. <laughs> yes, that time, that year. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I honestly, I don't. Honestly, I don't recall you always expressing that. But hey, maybe you know, I maybe brought you in year. beads. I, you know, some flies and stuff. Hoping, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, I've kind of. The steelhead would not eat beads. So that's nice. <laughs> It's a myth. It's they st- it's <laughs> they, myth. they draw the line at they draw the mine, line those at fourteen mil. Those are the ones. <laughs> See, stuff I do. Do you, you got uh, uh, people that insist on bringing their own gear? You do. What uh, do you tell them? Do you yell at them? No. It depends on what we're after. Um, Have you seen the movie Sniper? Oh yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> Tom Berenger yeah. <laughs> throws the camo out the window. Yeah. He's yeah. Like oh this is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you're on my boat. <laughs> <laughs> so. In the Northwest, you know, especially Oregon, like kind of said, we have the big destination groups. You know, I mean, Alaska, Montana, Oregon. I fish a lot of locals. I fish, actually, I, mostly I fish probably 60, 70, 80 percent of uh, Bay Area people actually come oh, yeah. up a lot really? for winter steelhead. Um, the only time I ask people to use solely my gear, you can use whatever, but like if we're side drifting, because mm. if you have a different size line, you have different stuff, it, it right. really, different size, yeah, actually, rod length uh, makes things float different everything so you kind of have to have everything and if they're not if they're not identical then you're just asking for yeah one will float out i mean you'll end you'll you end up fishing one rod the whole time explain that to people that are listening well just first of all explain side drifting because i know we don't know and it took me a while to figure it out because i didn't growing up in the midwest which you know we got a little lot of listeners from the midwest and the east coast and right they just that just doesn't. So side drifting is basically you take a drift, you take our drift boats and the Mackenzie River drift boats and float down and you cast up nice eleven o'clock and uh, they come down and and uh, you, the key is to kind of keep them just slightly upriver. Um, if they're down, you miss a lot of bites. Up here, you kind of they kind of get stuck because they're fishing facing up and you you whack them. Um, um, whacking bean, hooking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Explain the uh, river <laughs> water system, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just you, you just float down. And you have you have two people in the boat, and, and you, you just have them work together. And uh, if you have, say, you have 10-pound line on a uh, main line on one rod and 20-pound on the other, well, 20-pound is just going to float out a lot faster because of the bigger yeah, diameter. Sure. So you have to match everything up. And uh, so you can get those two working together. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of the, you know, trolling, it, it definitely is a lot easier if I have all my own stuff because I can just come in and just, I, I know how it all works. I know what to expect. And, right. and uh, you know, you don't know if Uncle Bob has kept the same line on for the last <laughs> 30 years or whatever. So. Yeah. Well, then you get mm-hmm. the people that get mad at him because they're not catching anything using their stuff. Right. Well, yeah, he, okay, so know, how do you deal with he these... L- he lives here. Asshole I mean, clients. after so started at such a young age, I everybody got my boat would get in there and look at me and go, "Well, I've fished longer than you." It's like, yeah, sure. but you just wrote me a two hundred dollar check to be in my boat, yeah. right? So you know, you, you want to listen to me. As I got older, a few more grayer, <laughs> rounder, <laughs> help too. Um, <laughs> um, so this is all for the job. It is. It, okay. it, it, yeah. I, I, you want to be more relatable. I actually have. <laughs> A really good six pack. It's right. just under the fat. It's a deep core. Yeah, I right. mean it's it's uh, it's there. And uh, no, that makes sense though. Ageism. Yeah. Sure. And so uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it, it's almost racial. It's you know when you're get when you're young and I mean people pick on you. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It, we should all get along. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so these guys, yeah, they would, but they would for a long time. 
and, and like she was saying, what, the point she was getting to was uh, the guys get in there and you say, you know, do this or do that and do this or do that. And, and they just think that they're like, no, that's not how we that's not how we do it when we're fishing for walleye. Okay, well, dude, we're fishing for salmon or fishing for steelhead or what, you know. And, um, right. Yeah, it's uh, walleye fishermen are pretty good from what I gather. Walleye fishermen are actually pretty good salmon fishermen because they let them eat. Mm-hmm. Um, bass fishermen are terrible and steelhead fishermen are terrible salmon fishermen because they, as soon as it hits, they want to hit it. Uh, so, uh, no, it's there, there comes a point to where you can lead the horse to water. Um, if people are just got their mind set up that they're going to do it their way, then they do it their way. And <clears throat> one, I used to get pissed when I, when I first got started, I get, I used to get pissed. People would lose fish or they'd drop the rod or do something stupid, you know? Would you yell at them? I did. And I was, I was actually, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was an ass and I really was. I was a terrible guy. Do you I ever make one of your clients cry? Me. Every time I go. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I did. I have made I have made a lady cry uh, in the middle of fighting a fish. Um, Why are you even here? Uh, yeah. Um, oh while fighting a fish. Um, I felt really bad for the lady. Um, Sounds I, like it. Um, I mean, yeah. Like, I'm, uh, he gets caught you? up in the moment. It's the heat I get excited. And, uh, <laughs> but very excited. I had, so I was my second year in Alaska. Sounds like you're my, a great person to go out with. Yeah, exactly. We'll get some good plugs in. <laughs> exactly. So my, my, it'd be my sophomore season in, in Alaska. Um, I had a guy, and anybody that knows of anything guiding in the Northwest will know the name Hal Borg. Hal Borg was, is a legend. He's from uh, um, Brookings. Um, he's never had a motor on his boat once. He does halibut trips out of his drift boat and cook what? inlet. He's, wow. He is the man. He rows a boat. He's retired now. Hal comes up to me, and having said everybody, I mean, I, I remember him on the cover of STS when I was a kid and this and that. And uh, here's Hal, and he comes up to me and goes, oh, you're, you're Brett, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and, I, and I, I'm I, just really amazed that he knows who I am, you know. And he's like, he goes, I, I want to tell you something. He goes, you're, you're uh, he goes, take this just from an old man. He goes, but you're the probably the best, most natural fisherman I've ever seen come up here. He goes, you've only been here two years. He goes, and you're killing it. And I'm, I mean, my head's this big, and I'm like, yeah, that's how bored talking to me. And, yeah. and he goes, but I just want to say that you're the, probably the worst guide I've ever seen in my life. And I just, I mean, I was just gut shot. And I, <laughs> I know what he mean. And he goes, you need to remember, this isn't rocket science. He goes, you are taking rocket scientist fishing. Mm-hmm. He goes, why? He said, they already feel bad enough for leaving that, losing that fish. He goes, why are you making it worse? He goes, your job is to get him another one. He said, when you can smile, shake their hand, and say, let's get another one. Yeah. And he goes, that's when you'll become a good guide. And when you have somebody of that caliber take the time to say something like that to you, you, you listen. And yeah. and that really, it was it was one of the life-changing moments in my life. So Yeah. <laughs> well, <that'll go> <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that's that's good. That's good advice, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So, did you change after that? I did. I, Be it, less of an asshole. I I tried. <laughs> she probably won't agree, um, but she didn't know me then either. But um, so, Laura, do you do you go out with him um, on on guided fish trips, or do you help out? I mean, what's I will say if you see pictures of me in a boat, you should call him and book a trip. Oh yeah, because I go catching. You go. Yeah. You're a catcher. I, I am a catcher. Nice. Yes, because yeah. I'm not big into the rain. Sitting in a boat with him. It's for like eight hours there. is a long day. Yeah, <laughs> but it's 
it's fun. I just fishing isn't my. She, uh, her first year married, she actually graduated college, didn't have a job. Or you were, had a job, but you quit, so you can come to Alaska. <laughs> I quit. And uh, she quit. <laughs> she, she quit another one to go hunting one time, but that's another story. But, but a really good job. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> but she. Uh, I thought I'd she go was see up there what for Alaska. The, yeah, was. and she. What you got to fish with me one day. The rest of the time, I had to send her with my other guides because I was booked. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, she she caught a seventy pounder. Wow. And uh, then yeah. we were in the slough. He was out fishing and. I had no idea what I was doing, and I caught a fish, and I'm like, Sockeye oh. were just in thick. I mean, like, black. And he he left me a fishing rod. He's like, fish. I'm like, okay. So I caught one, and then I didn't know what to do with it. Right. So I'd reel it in, and then I'd let it swim back out. And I'd reel it back in. That was like a four-hour process for this poor <laughs> fish. So my, like, my neighbor Rick came out. He's like, do you need help? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so This so is coming from one of the better guides on the river. Here's his wife. So I no So idea. I pull in with my clients, <laughs> and here she is. And... Sockeye fish, and everybody hears the sockeye flop. You know, you sit there and you flop and you just floss. Yeah. No, I call it high yaw fishing. And so <laughs> here, here is my my college educated, hot young wife in a pair of rubber boots, homie shorts that passed her knees. <laughs> and were you in a sports bra? In a sports bra nice. at, in Alaska. And she's got the point, and she's using. A lamb glass Kenai King, forty pound maxima, yeah. and she's and she's got the drag trench, yeah. and she's got she's two handed just and just. Oh, I, I figured out if I could just get them on land without touching them, yeah, way easier. <laughs> and it's a six foot lip, and she would sit there and she'd hook him, she'd hit him with that forty pound and just go. I mean, ten pound sockeye, six pound sockeye, and just launching them over the top of her. Like, Best yeah. catching ever. <laughs> He's like, "Do you want to go king fishing?" No. <coughs> Why would I yeah. leave this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what's it like, Laura? What's it like living with with a guide? I mean, you'd kind it's of ma made mentioned the, the late hours and the it's early, it's early difficult. Up. I mean, he's gone a lot. I mean, it's not all you know glamour by any means because uh, I work nine to five. I mean, so I have a regular job. So most people have weekends open. So he guides on the weekends, and, you know, he's out of town a lot. Um, if you, you have to be pretty independent. I can yeah. honestly say that he's made me in more independent because of that, because if I can't do my own Well, things. all those trips I see on Instagram and Facebook of you going up to Mount Pisgah, mm -hmm. which is a local uh, mountain around here, right. that you go, he's never there. He is there rarely. Is that because of the <laughs> exercise or just because he's guiding? He's eating bananas. He's eating bananas? <laughs> he's, yeah. <laughs> he's going for the competitive look. Uh, uh, no, he's, well, <clears throat> I mean, with the, and all this, he's a master of a lot. <laughs> he's, uh, he's doing real estate now. Yes. So a lot of times uh, he gets phone calls and sure. I'm just, uh, we're just an odd couple. We're very independent. We do our own things. I like hiking. I like doing all that. So he can go or not go, and he's the same thing with me. I mean, if he wants sure. to go fishing and I don't want to go, go. It's yeah. you have to have that give and take. Cause, right. But I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't. Uh, the first time, first eleven years we were married, he went to Alaska for three months every summer. Oh yeah. When he decided he wasn't, I thought I was gonna cry <laughs> because I'm like, what are you? What am I gonna do with you home for three months? <laughs> You're gonna so drive here. me crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it'll get to boy. the point where I'm like, Dude, don't you? Isn't fishing good somewhere? Because yeah. you gotta go. So yeah, it's All it's right. not bad. So what advice would you give young Jimmy Lipper that's out there? He's 15. 
just borrowed 2500 bucks from his parents. What advice would you give him or her about guiding? Do it, I don't say, do it. I'd say put it in the money. Find or put someone, it in the bank. Find um, a spouse that's rich. Yeah. Um, prime example, one of my, one of my best friends, uh, little Joe, I want to be a guide. It's like, okay, Joe, I will hire you in Alaska as soon as you get learn a trade. And uh, we, he was working at Lance Electric at the time. And uh, I said, you get a journeyman's card, and I will give you a job tomorrow. So, but you gotta get, I said, you got to do that. I said, because I'm, at this point, I was 30-some years old, and, I, and I'm, I'm deep. I, there's no way I can get out of guiding at that point. Of, not that I wanted to, but to try to and see the, the change of the regulations and everything else stricting up to where, you know, I was running six, eight boats a day to seeing it dwindle not not that the business was dwindling it was just that the fish were dwindling and so i was necking down with that um, so well, well why explain that what uh, what was going on just over overuse really i mean as far as everybody likes to blame everybody else it was all user groups were overusing the river uh, uh, mismanagement uh, fish and game was allowing it to happen they should have put their foot down and said you know no you know Limit the commercial, not no, but uh, limit the commercial fishing. Um, the Kenai is a great, a great catch and release fishery. If they would let it, you can, I can, I can sell catch and release trips all day long, if as long as people know that's what to expect. You know, you get there and you give them a false hope that they're going to be able to do something, and then they can't. Then it, it gets ruined. Um, but it's know. also overcrowding too of guides. They should have limited the amount of guides on each river. Yeah. You allow mm-hmm. another hundred guides every summer. That's another, you know eight fish per boat that and, are, you know, yeah. not making it. And one That's thing, a lot. you know, some of the old guys that were, you know, they're like uh, Captain Bly, his favorite saying was, and, and uh, he's passed away now, but his favorite saying was, is I can, I, I don't have to have good guides. I don't have to pay a lot of money for my guides because all I got to do is have people in the boat because they're going to come to the Kenai. He goes, I can get people skunked for 20 years. Really? And still make a ton of money. And he did. Mm-hmm. He wasn't lying. He, he did. And you go down, you got 500 guides on the Kenai, and you got 10 of them that are good. You got another 50 that are okay. Mm-hmm. And then you got the rest. And, mm-hmm. and and they just follow us around. Really? I mean, it's, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, um, I was pretty blessed to, uh, I, me and that river just, we just got along. I mean, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was pretty good at it. And, uh, and you're done. You don't, you don't. No, I, I sold it. I still book it, uh, for people. Uh, more of a booking agency style, um, but I, I did. I sold all my Alaska business. Yeah. Um, How come? For that reason? Um, yeah, I just it it was very very lucrative. Like I said, when I was running a lot of boats, and then when the market crashed, um, bulk the bulk of my clientele was Oregon construction workers that were coming up there, mm-hmm. and so and I, we're talking wholesale houses and you know all these companies. Well, um, they were selfish. They'd rather pay their house payment instead of mine. Yeah, I mean they're Ridiculous. selfish. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's it's dumb. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was that it was you know I mean, let's face it, to be away from her, there had to be a reason. And when it the last summer that I was up there, I you know I went from making eighty thousand dollars in July to eight thousand. Really, that yeah. that big of a decline? Yeah, wow. to where I was running one boat and only running. You know, and not running every day. Almost wasn't cost effective for him to go up by the right. time he went up and there. And the, the last couple of years, truly, were 
basically to say goodbye to my clients. Uh, yeah. You know, or just telling them, hey, we're changing things up or, or this or that. And I, and I can still go up. I can still go get licensed, and I can still do it. And I can, I mean, I can, I could call them tomorrow and have, if I wanted to work for somebody else. And, I mean, I could literally just say, hey, give me your, you know, release a boat. And uh, so it's still there, and we've talked about it, but I just don't, um, honestly. So to the guy that wants to get into the question of the guy that wants to get into the guidance, okay, so I was in Alaska for 21 years. So for 21 years, I never went backpacking. I never went camping other than fish camp. I never got to roast a s'more uh, around a lake. Um, I never got mm-hmm. to do that stuff for 21 years that's what you what you're living it but you're in a boat you're going you're going you're not you, you don't get to go relax with your family like you probably did for the fourth of july weekend went over and, and did a barbecue and did this <clears throat> there is there is not that I mean, if you have time you're you're going in and you're respooling reels you're i mean especially when you're running multiple boats and i and i took care of everything i didn't i didn't i was um i didn't micromanage I just did it, and so I cured all the bait for all my guys, and I mean, I, so, yeah, it's, so to be able to, you know, what was funny was the, the irony of it, um, a few years back, I actually caught a, a winter steelhead, for me, it was a big deal for me to be able to catch one, yeah. and uh, um, the first one that I've caught in, like, eight years happened to be a 30-pound wild steelhead, wow. and uh, um, it was it was 24 and three quarter by uh, 42 and three quarter, hmm. so it was it was a giant. And uh, how he got it was I I actually hooked it, and I was handing it off to a we were fishing on my sled and we we're side drifting, and, and I handed it off to one of my buddies, and, I, and he goes, "We've already caught like six or eight. And he goes, "It was Randy," and uh, I go, "I go here, who wants it?" And uh, they're like, "Hey, Brett, how long has it been since you caught one?" And I was like, "I don't know, five, six, seven years." Yeah. And they're like, "Why don't you land this one?" So I did, and uh, and it just happened to be a giant one. Yeah. So, um, cool. So no, I just don't. You, you you don't ever you don't fish. So when I when I sold Alaska, my first summer here, my big plan, my big trip, of for 21 years was, I actually had Mike uh, build me a seven a seven foot three weight, and I was gonna go backpacking. I was going to go through the North Fork of the John Day Wilderness and fish all the way through that. And then I was going to go into the Eagle Caps and fish all that. Scouting for elk, doing whatever, but fishing. And that was my plan. And uh, kind of the eat what you catch type mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. Three days before I'm getting ready to leave, they shut every river in Eastern Oregon off because of the drought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't get to go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but So, uh, so what, what I'm saying, though, is... That's what I was missing out on was the camping trips and the backtrack trips and going. Yeah. I was so I was I left the Kenai and the only thing I wanted to do is go to a creek catch by a myself and, and catch fish on that <laughs> on a grasshopper. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, so yeah, that's the allure. I mean, I you know sure. it's so you'd say be careful what you wish for because it it's probably not as glamorous as you think. You and don't do it half ass if yeah. you're gonna do it. I mean, dive into it. Right, you know, I mean, and yeah. just I mean, make swing. it, make it a, make it a profession. Yeah, and be professional. Swing for the fences. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing it uh, taught me, um, I'm still not very good at, is, you know, clean boats. Show up, be professional. It's you know, like I said, kind of the old gruff type guys showed up and they looked like hell. 
Well, now you don't. You get in and you look nice, and you because you have professionals in your boat, and you have, right. and you and you do. You want a set of precedents. Um, so, so have you seen the clientele change too? From yes, so, obviously more upscale businessmen now. Well, are is it is it because it's have the prices in, uh, fluctuated to the point where the prices are really haven't in the guiding world really have not gone up in twenty years hardly at all. Mm. Sounds like they should. Yeah. <laughs> But what's maybe, yeah. but the maybe we were just charging too much in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, no, it, it and it has. And it, so when I first started, when we were kids, everything else, what everybody and, and John will contest this everybody you knew, or at least every other person you knew, had a boat and they could go down and they could go catch fish. Mm-hmm. There was enough fish around, and I'll few enough people after him that you could go get them and so people are like well i'm not gonna go spend 100 back then probably 100 bucks a seat back then we're at 200 now for a full day yeah and uh so i'm not gonna pay 100 bucks to go in the boat you know to hire a guide and this and that blah 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 well they've got so now you figured out okay so if you want to go get uh, let's just make it simple you want to go steelhead fishing you're gonna have to have a ten thousand dollar drift boat which is not an expensive drift boat in this day and age. They're, you know, a new one is eight to twelve grand, probably even up to twenty if you get a, a Pravati or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people that are listening, um, again, if you're not from the Pacific Northwest or the West, for the most part, okay, well, a drift boat is a it's it's one of those like Viking looking. Okay, well let's kind of let's looks go like a banana. Let's, let's, <laughs> looks like a banana. <laughs> so 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 let's put it into perspective of that. Okay, walleye fishermen. Yeah. Okay, you want to go walleye fishing. I do. Okay, so <laughs> if you want to go walleye fishing, what's it going to take you to to start? Okay, so for you to take your boys and you're going to go out. So how many rods are you going to have to have? Mm-hmm. Okay, 10 for two or three of you. The tackle that goes with it, the boat to get you out there, all the electronics, all the stuff, everything you do. So realistically you could be into this whole thing before you start and then oh your prius you're driving it ain't gonna work you got to have a diesel pickup or whatever to pull it so you had to upgrade that so you're into this thing 50 grand before you even hit the water how many guided trips can you go on for that and and not only that did you just bought all that stuff do you know where the hell you're going on the lake Mm -hmm. well if you go with a guide chances are you're probably going to catch something not always but you got a really good shot. You walk in to a guy that's got all the stuff and who should know what he's doing. He's told you he knows what he's doing and you're going to go with him. And then when it's done, you're going to leave with a bag of fish and not have to clean up anything. You're going to sit back and be able to drink beer, pop, whatever you want to do and do your thing. So what the biggest change is, is those guys back then, I think now people's time is worth more money to them. So, if they're going to take time away from their every day and their family and this and that and go fishing, 200 bucks two or three times a year is really easy compared to having to store it, having to clean it, having to do all this stuff. So so it's kind of the, that mentality has changed. It's more um, PR okay to be with a guide at this. It's almost cool to say, yeah, I went with, you know, Shane Groshan or I went with this guy or this guy, you know. Um, it's almost kind of cool to say that. It's never cool to say you went with me, but you know, those <laughs> other guys were cool. But. He was a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he made me cry. He kept making fun of me. <laughs> made me yeah. cry. So. 
so yeah, it's yeah, I don't know. yeah. Yeah, when I was, man, I was probably, I was just graduated high school and had an athletic scholarship. Uh, didn't know they did that for shuffleboard, but hey. You know. I was going to say, was it bananas? I had a shuffleboarder's body, <laughs> and uh, scouts sought me out. But, um, no, I was I was super intrigued with, you know, the fly fishing guide. And so, you know, I, same deal. Went to the sportsman show, talked to some people there. You know, a couple of people told me, hey, if you want to kind of get ahead of the game, people, I think probably more in the fly fishing industry because of the kind of people you were guiding, you know, you got to get over us endorsed. You know, you got to get endorsed by one of those those guiding yeah. schools, you know. So I started doing the research there, and and the classes that they were teaching, you know, they had the outlines, like what they were teaching, you know, this this hour we t- we're teaching, you know, how to tie blood knots, how to how to tie your own leaders, you know, how to how to you know spool a reel and how to tie flies, how to row a boat, and I'm thinking, I know they wanted like seven thousand dollars for this mm-hmm. week long course. I'm thinking, I I know all this stuff already, you know, like you know why why would I why do I need to pay seven grand? Um, but it just boiled down to my dad just saying exactly what you said. Because I had the people aspect down. I can I can go hang out with just about anybody, you know, having a good time. Um, and But well, it was... When are you going to do that with me? Exactly. Exactly. It's a just about anybody. <laughs> just about anybody. Just about. <laughs> You're checking a lot of boxes here on the reasons why we wouldn't do that. <laughs> but... We'll get back to you. <laughs> but it came down to exactly what you said, just, you know time to do that the stuff that you enjoy on your own you know your own time and not you know not get burnt out on it because i'd get like from what you just described yeah i would love to i'd love to fish as you know that much but it's it's different you know because it's it's so you're not fishing exactly it's a job you know yep. and it's it I'd, i know i'd get i would get burnt out on it i think it definitely takes a you know a special person and I have a lot of respect for people that do it successfully. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. You great. You get all the good parking spots at the boat launches. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> this spot reserved for <laughs> Brett. Yeah. NGL sales. Yeah. 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 Nate's got one more question for you about monetary concerns. Monetary concerns. tips. Oh yeah. So, you, how do you approach gratuity when you're on the water? Um. I mean, do you, do you expect well, usually it, or the is good it just guys, nice The good guys get tipped. I, I've never. <laughs> <laughs> you get a reel in a fish once in a while. Yeah. That's Here's a tip. tip. Yeah. <laughs> you're an asshole. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, a great question. You get asked that a lot. Um, I, I have always based it off of, you know, if you got, if you have a, and this is going to sound bad, but, I mean, if you got some guy that you know is wealthy and this and that and blah, 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 and he feels that he needs to, you should never feel that you have to tip a guide he is getting paid very well especially if he owns his own business and this and that and we charge well i mean it's you know um but if you feel that he's went above and beyond he or she let's be politically correct cause there are some very good female guides now um if you think they've went above and beyond then it's great you know if if i was to average i mean like if i go being a guide when i go with people if they do a really good job i'll tip them 50 to 100 bucks on the trip. Uh, they're going to do it for a living. Um, I know what goes into it. 
um, a lot of people will tip, you know, 20 or 30 bucks for a day, which is a great, I mean, if you averaged a 20 or $30 tip every day from every client, you know, it would add up really well. Mm -hmm. Um, some, there's times that you get back and, and people don't tip you and, and a lot that would tip you huge if they knew they were supposed to, um, or not that they're supposed to, that if they knew that it was kind of customary. Um, so it's, it really does. I mean, you know, I, I just don't, you know, the, the, the guy that brings up his four kids and uh, wife and everything comes to ask, well, you know, he's, he's already shelled out six grand a piece to be mm-hmm. there. And so that guy throws you 10 or 20 bones. It's might be a lot, you know, because yeah. look at what he's already spent. Sure. Um, so it really, Nate, that's really a hard one. And I don't think that anybody should ever feel that they have to, because not every guy every day deserves it. Don't you know, I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's always an uncomfortable question to be asked, especially, you know, well, what what's normal? You know, what's normal? Well, there is no normalcy. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what do you, what do you get? So 10 percent on a 200 is 20 bucks. Well, yeah, 20 bucks, you know, for, you know, figure it that way. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. So yeah. Well, you're in the service industry. I mean, it, it, one would think that that would be something people would be expecting. And, and most to, people uh, do. Um, like I said, especially in Alaska, you you would get a lot of people that would show up. Not me, for, really, but because uh, um, I had I had the same people every year, pretty much that would come to Alaska. Every once in a while, I would do a trip for a lodge or something like that. And sometimes those people would get into it. So so what are we fishing for today? You're on the Kenai peak king season. You're just like kings. <laughs> oh, Bram. Nice. (laughs) Do you have a king stamp? What is that? It comes with your fishing license. You don't have those? No, man. No, No. sir. (laughs) I'm super. Okay, one more question. What's the weirdest weirdest thing that's ever happened to you on the river while guiding? Most bizarre. Is is this G-rated? This can be whatever. (laughs) You can. I mean, this Uh, this is... you're Open putting yourself out there, so we're uh, shaking her yeah, head. You don't dare tell it. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, um, you both familiar with the story. I see. She's like, I don't know. Today, <laughs> uh, well, he was conceived. <laughs> That's right. So uh, something weird. That I was thinking about that. Hendricks Park. There's probably only pavement and Grass. a porta potty there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing the math. This is my mom you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> she's, um, speak she, out. She, she, ra- she raised. She raised. Yeah, she raised you. She's a good woman. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I, I, they, I've done it for so long. There's just been a lot of things. I've had a honeymoon couple in Montana. A gal was sitting in the back. Uh, younger. He was actually a dentist. Uh, young, physically fit, good-looking guy like myself. And, right. Uh, sure. And then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, good looking gal, and she's like, "Hey, Brett." I'm like, "Yeah." And, and you've been in Dillon. You've floated through the the bi- or the there. I think. Uh, I uh, I know exactly where you're at. Yeah. So we're floating, floating down by the grasshopper, and there's those cliffs and stuff right there. She's like, "Hey, Brett." She goes, "You ever had anybody uh, just tell you to pull over and go have sex up on one of these mountains?" <laughs> like, and her husband kind of gets a smile, you know, he's up front because we've got the pram, you know, and he just gets a smile. I was like, no, ma'am, I haven't. She goes, pull this son of a bitch over. <laughs> so I pull it over and I stop and they start crawling out of the boat and walking up the hill. And so I 
start following him. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I got your camera. It's your honeymoon. She's like, no, you're staying here. And I'm like, okay. So I, I went fishing, fishing a little bit. I, I expect was, a tip. Yeah. <laughs> so Definitely on that one. No, there, there's, yeah, there's stuff. But yeah, that was, uh, wow, uh, that is, that was uh, So that was, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty a, weird. That's kind of a fun one. Uh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> okay. Had, uh, we can't use it, but we appreciate it. I've had uh, <laughs> almost ran over a brown bear in Alaska on my boat. It was uh, silver fishing, and we th- actually thought it was a moose swimming across the river. And we were running up; it was dark. It was uh, it was probably one o'clock in the morning, and it was you know it was still <coughs> it's Alaska, so it was still kind of daylight, and we could see him. And I go running up there, and I had Robin, my uh, stepdad. It was a great big guy, and uh, he jumps up on the bow to go up and see. It, and I just kind of started coasting up to it, and I got from about me to the front, and to where I stop, and all of a sudden. The, bear touches feet down stands up does one of these mm. so yeah it's full reverse like oh 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 <laughs> <laughs> so it takes off so i mean yeah yeah you encounter yeah. bears quite a bit up there hmm. on the river uh not a lot I mean, um, you, i'm sure you see them a lot yeah as far it, as close encounters the last few years there's more for sure they they um when i first started they they allowed hunting on the peninsula then they shut it off and then they were like, God, we don't have any moose or caribou anymore. Well, then they, they figured out that there was, I, I want to say there was something ridiculous, like three bears per mile on the Kenai Peninsula. I mean, it was it was some stupid, rec- ridiculous number like wow. that. And hmm. uh, um, so, yeah, it was, uh, so now they're hunting them, hunt them, hunting them on the peninsula again. So, hmm. um, but yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, I think we'll do, uh, we'll take a break here, refuel, and then we'll we'll jump back in. Everybody, everybody use a quick potty break, but let's do before we uh, before we cut this one off. Mm. Let's do a would you rather because I think it applies to this first part more than it does our second uh, part of the episode. So okay, right. we uh, Nader, take it. <coughs> I got to refresh my memory here. You want your glasses? <laughs> <laughs> I might. What's your specs? <laughs> no, we're all right. So here's a would you rather for the. For the table, I guess. Would you rather work a desk job that allowed you to take two weeks vacation and basically money's not an object. You get two weeks to book and go on the hunting and fishing trip, destination, whatever you want. Or would you work in the outdoor industry and just have to be a weekend warrior essentially on your own time as far as pursuing your your own adventures in the outdoors? But you're outdoors all the time. Right. Well, but you said outdoor industry. Is that considered being a guide? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't change my life being a guide for anything. I'm happy where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, because before I got into guiding, I was fortunate enough to be very successful hunting and fishing. And so I um, just got to the point where I really enjoyed watching other people. As far as being in the industry, if I wasn't a guide and just in it, I, I would definitely I'd want the most time off I could to be out. Yeah. Laura, sure. Oh, hundred percent desk job. Yeah, it's him and I are a yin and yang. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> I like to know exactly where my checks are coming from, yeah. and I know I know guaranteed. Uh, when I got hired on at this position, one of the uh, things was is that I had to have two weeks off in September, or I wouldn't leave my prior job. So that I mean that was part of my stipulations, and they were like, "Wow," and I said, "Well, it is what it is. You asked me." <laughs> yeah. So. But it's it's different. It's like I said, it's different. It's feast or fathom with him. But I know every two weeks where my check's coming from. I know exactly mm-hmm. what it is. So it's and it's she, a stability. Yeah. And yeah. she schedules them. She's like, okay, I've got this and that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, mine's desk job. I get a, a week straight in the woods, 
two weeks straight in the woods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's advantage to that, too, because you know for that two weeks you can just check out. Exactly. If you're working for yourself, you know, I've, you I've, it, whether it's in the outdoors cell or phones, anything. Cell phones suck. And the yes. fact that when they yeah. get, the phone could always. And they're getting mm. so much better. In the middle of the wilderness, yeah. I have cell service. Yeah. That sucks. I'm seeing that, too. <laughs> I used yeah. to not, just in the last couple of years. Yeah. Almost. I used to be able to go get away in eastern Oregon yeah. And, yeah. And, and check A out. A lot less mm -hmm. dark zones, I guess. Or, yeah. Or dead zones. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can do two weeks? You're an IT yeah, professional. I mean, you can't get away I, from it. Yeah. I don't do that currently, so <laughs> it's tough to, <laughs> tough to take that route. But that yeah. would be nice to just be able to turn it off for two weeks and know that you're, you don't have yeah. anything else to worry about. Mm -hmm. yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. John? This is a, these, I don't like either of these choices. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, See? so win the lottery. About, yeah, I'm assuming yeah. you can still be a weekend warrior with your two-week sure, vacation, sure. too. Sure, so. get out. That, get out yeah, of so it's not like you're limiting yourself enough. to one two-week period. Um, this is the portion of the episode yeah, where I'm gonna, I'm John gonna, takes seven this minutes is, to decide. <laughs> so oh, I've got it. Oh, Cue the Jeopardy music. Um yeah, I guess it, I'd just be the weekend warrior, probably. No, I'm going to take – I need – you need at least a couple – no, I'll do the weekend warrior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're going to live it. See, this is how the, this yeah. is how you ended up with trout. Yep. Yeah. Was this that right there. That's <laughs> yeah. how you ended up with trout. No, I had – It's America's <laughs> fish, okay? <laughs> it's all about numbers. Uh, <laughs> Quantity. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to jump you didn't, back in. Well, you didn't get yours. Uh, I know. I was going to slide yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bitch. Because uh, <laughs> um, I didn't really decide. I'm – so I was laid off six, eight months ago, and I was working a desk job, which, you know, got plenty of time off, was was, was good. Um, but I got to say, living out here in the sticks, I really enjoy being outside every day. I just I love it. And granted, it is, you know, spring, summertime right now, so that is something to do with it. But, man, I do enjoy being outside. I think I'd, I'd probably go that. I'd go that route. I'd put me in the outdoors. I'll take my weekends. Local, hunting local, fishing local stuff, and I'll be at peace. So, all right, cool. we'll be back. Great.